uh, from my novel Poor Things, a letter written by Wedderburn, the lawyer, the man about town, who has set out to seduce um, Godwin Baxter's niece, as he thinks her, and um, finds instead that her her sexual appetite is rather too much for him. Mr. Baxter, until a week ago I would have been ashamed to write to you, sir. I then thought my signature on a letter would convulse you with such loathing that you would burn it unread. You invited me to your home on a matter of business. I saw your so-called niece, loved her, plotted with her, eloped with her. Though unmarried, we toured Europe and circled the Mediterranean in the character of husband and wife. A week ago, I left her in Paris and returned alone to my mother's home in Glasgow. Were these facts made public, the public would regard me as a villain of the blackest dye, and that, until a week ago, is how I viewed myself, as a guilty, reckless libertine who had ravished a beautiful young woman from a respectable home and loving guardian. I now think much better of Duncan Wedderburn, and far, far worse of you, sir. Did you see the great Henry Irving's production of Goethe's Faust at the Glasgow Theatre Royal? I did. I was deeply moved. I recognised myself in that tormented hero, that respectable member of the professional middle class who enlists the King of Hell to help him seduce a woman of the servant class. Yes, Goethe and Irving knew that modern man, that Duncan Wedderburn, is essentially double, a noble soul fully instructed in what is wise and lawful, yet also a fiend who loves beauty only to drag it down and degrade it. That is how I saw myself until a week ago. I was a fool, Mr. Baxter, a blind, misguided fool. My affair with Bella was Faustian from the start. The intoxicating incense of evil was in my nostrils from the moment you joined me on to your niece. Little did I know that in this melodrama I would play the part of the innocent, trusting Gretchen, that your overwhelming niece was cast as Faust, and that you, yes, you, Godwin Bish Baxter, are Satan himself. Uh, Notice, McCandless, said Baxter at this point, that the fellow writes as you talk when you are drunk. I must try to write calmly. Exactly a week ago, I crouched in the corner of a stationary carriage with Bella on the platform outside, chattering to me through the window. She was bright and beautiful as ever, with a fresh expectant youthfulness that seemed wholly new, yet hauntingly familiar. Why was it familiar? Then I remembered Bella had looked exactly like that when we first became lovers. And now, with every appearance of kindness, for it was I who had said we must part, she was discarding me like a worn shoe or broken toy, having been renewed by someone someone I had never seen, someone she must have glimpsed that very morning, for we'd arrived in Paris from Marseilles only six hours before. In those six hours she had met nobody, spoken to nobody but me and the manageress of our hotel. I had been beside her with the whole time, apart from my visit to the nearby cathedral, which took thirty minutes or less. 
Yet in that time she had fallen in love anew. All things are possible for a witch. Suddenly she said, Promise when you get to Glasgow that you tell God I will soon want the candle. I promised, although I thought the message gibberish or more witchcraft. This letter discharges that promise. Why, having discharged it, am I gripped by an urge to tell you more, tell you all? Whence this hunger to disclose to you, Mephisto Baxter, the innermost secrets of my guilty and tortured heart? Is it because I believe you already know them? Catholicism might just restore his sanity, muttered Baxter. Lacking the ties of the confessional, he will seize any excuse to blather out his second-hand, second-rate sentiments to anyone. Mm.